Hey there, and thank you for tuning into the Rock Guys Podcast. We are on episode 45. That's like half a 90. Anyhow, on this episode of the Rock Guys Podcast, we are covering Man of War, which was an American heavy metal band formed in New York in 1980. Now, this band was known for their fantasy and mythology-based lyrics, as well as being known as the loudest by obtaining the Guinness record for the loudest performance in 1984. But they have broke it two more times since. They even got put back into the book for the longest concert played when they played over five hours in Bulgaria. Man of War has sold over 20 million albums worldwide. And they achieved this through the release of 15 studio albums, one demo, four live releases, five compilations, Nine video releases, 22 singles, 33 bootlegs, and four tribute albums. Holy cow! I don't know about you, but I'm pretty excited to see where this goes with Man of War. Right here, right now. Get your rock fix. The Rock Guys. Mmm, the Rock Guys. The Rock Guys. Mmm, the Rock Guys. The Rock Guys. Mmm, the Rock Guys. Hey there, and thank you for sticking around for this episode of the Rock Guys podcast featuring Man of War. Way back in 1980, while working as a bass tech and pyrotechnic manager for Black Sabbath, Joey DeMeo met Ross the Boss Freeman, and the two hit it off. Ross was the guitar player in the band that was supporting Black Sabbath, Shaken Street. The two shared similar interests in music, and after being told by Ronnie James Dio to start a band, they did. Wise advice. Once Black Sabbath's tour was completed, the two set out to start Man of War, a name suggested by their instrument designer, John Dank Stillwell. The duo hired Donnie Hamzik for drums and Joey's former friend and classmate, Eric Adams, for vocals. The band put together a two-song demo called Demo 81, which garnered some intense interest. Building on the strength of their demo, the band secured a contract with Liberty Records. With the pressure on from the label, the band produced and released their debut studio album, Battle Hymns, in June of 1982. The Collector's Guide to Heavy Metal, and you know this is true because I got it, rated the album an 8 out of 10. And all music rated it a 3 out of 5. The album contained the tracks Shell Shock and Battle Hymn, which were the tracks found on their demo release. The album also contained a guest appearance by Orson Welles, the first and only metal album to feature him. He was the narrator on Dark Avenger. Shortly thereafter, the band toured supporting Ted Nugent. After a few months, the band decided to put together their own tour, and all arrangements were made within a few weeks by their manager. The tour became the stepping stone for stardom for the band by reaching European fans, mostly in the UK and Germany. By the end of the tour, the band's drummer, Donny Hamzik, left the band due to the strain of performing continuously. <laughs> the band then hired Scott Columbus as his replacement. 
by the time 1983 arrived, the band left Liberty Records and signed up with Megaforce Records in the U.S. and Music for Nations in Europe. This would allow for a broader expansion of their music. The strange thing about these contracts were that the band signed the contract in their own blood. Deal with the devil, you know. This became the cover story on Kerrang! Magazine issue number 47. The band immediately went to the studio as soon as they returned home to record what was planned to be an EP, but everything flowed so awesomely that it turned into a full album and was put out as their second studio album, Into the Glory Ride, which was released in July of 1983. This would be considered by metal fans as one of the very first power metal albums and after its release would make man of war become one of the most influential bands in the power metal genre yeah the collector's guide to heavy metal rated the album a 7 out of 10 their supporting tour saw an increase in fans especially in the uk where the band had focused a long touring schedule but ended up being cancelled Man of War, feeling bad for the cancellation, decided to dedicate their next studio album to the United Kingdom. Hail to England, which was recorded and mixed in only six days, was released in July of 1984. The album's cover depicts a flag of the UK and not of England. The album peaked at number 83 on the UK albums chart. Rolling Stone rated it at 87 out of the list of 100 greatest metal albums of all time. And Loudwire ranked it as the 17th best power metal album of all time. Holy jeez. The tour in support of the album saw them opening for Merciful Fate, but the latter half of the tour saw them headlining. Sign of the Hammer, the band's third studio album, was released in October of 1984. The Collector's Guide to Heavy Metal rated the album a 9 out of 10, and All Music gave it a 3.5 stars out of 5. The band embarked on a two-year world tour and supported the album, after which they took the whole year of 1986 off. Disagreements ensued once again with their record label, which prompted the group to switch over to Atlantic Records in 1987. With the new record label itching to get going, the band released their fifth studio album, Fighting the World. In February of 1987, the album saw a wider distribution with their new label, seeing them more in the international heavy metal scene. The album's artwork was created by Ken Kelly, a longtime collaborator with the band. Ken would stay on to create all future album covers. The Collector's Guide to Heavy Metal rated the album a 9 out of 10, and all music gave it a 3 out of 5. The song Defender featured a speech by Orson Welles, who had died two years previously. Kings of Metal, Manowar's sixth studio album, was released in November of 88. The album didn't do as well as its predecessor, only achieving a 6 out of 10 from the Collector's Guide to Heavy Metal and a 2.5 out of 5 for all music. Although, the album did achieve gold status from Spain for selling over 50,000 copies. Manowar embarked on a three-year world tour, including stops in almost all European nations. While on tour, Joey DeMeo felt that Manowar would benefit more without Ross the Boss and terminated his tenure in the band. He was replaced by David Shankle, who was chosen among approximately 150 candidates. Later on, Scott Columbus left the band 
but not before choosing his replacement, Kenny Earl Edwards. What is it with all these three-name people? Later referred to as Rhino. Down to one. The new lineup hit the studios and released The Triumph of Steel in September of 92. The album achieved success this time around and had the collector's guide to heavy metal rating it a 9 out of 10. And all music a 4 out of 5. The band embarked on a two-year world tour. When the contract with Atlantic Records expired, the band signed with Geffen Records. After their tour in 1994, guitarist David Shankle left the band to pursue his own own ventures and was replaced by Carl Logan and later on that same year drummer Scott Columbus unexpectedly returned replacing Kenny oh my god they killed Kenny in April of 1996 Man of War released their eighth studio album louder than hell the collector's guide to heavy metal once again rated this album a nine out of ten and all music rated it a three out of five even though the sales were pretty decent the reviews begged to differ the album was even cited as boring and not living up to the standards of their first seven albums despite the negative critique the band released a compilation album entitled anthology and their first live album called hell on wheels in november of 1997 while still touring and not wanting to give up their momentum by going into the studios man of war released their second live album hell on stage in April of 99. In June of 2002, Man of War released their ninth studio album, Warriors of the World. The album was a hit in Germany, reaching number two on their charts. Eric Adams' mother had passed away that year, and the band dedicated the track Nasur Dorma to her memory. That's nice. Man of War embarked on their tour supporting the album called Warriors of the World United Tour. Over the next few years, the band released three DVDs to ensure the fans weren't left in the dark for too long while they were still touring. Just after releasing their last video in 2005 and upon completion of their tour, Joey DeMaio founded his own record label, Magic Circle Music, which gave Man of War a place to call home. Joey created the label typically for Man of War, but as well as for the other bands within the same genre. The label's very first release and Man of War's 10th studio album, Gods of War, was released in February of 2007. This was their concept album that featured an overabundance of speaking, intros and outros, and a whole slew of orchestral sections to push the theme of Norse mythology by having the theme of Odin start off the story and making the beginning of a series of concept albums featuring the story of the Norse gods. Unfortunately, the series did not continue. Ed from AllMusic rated the album 2.5 out of 5, stating that one would be astounded to figure out that they only had half an album that would qualify as heavy metal, and stating that this EP, masked as an LP, may be too much to stomach, even for their hardcore followers. Jesus, Ed, tell us how you really feel. After their supporting tour, Man of War worked on their new EP, Thunder in the Sky, which was released in 2009. The second CD in this release contained 14 different tracks in 14 different language versions of the song Father. In April of 2011, drummer Scott Columbus took his life. His then-girlfriend of a little over three years announced on Scott's Facebook page. Scott was 54. 
Man of War released a re-release of their 82 album, Battle Hymns, in November of 2010. And in July of the following year, they embarked on their UK tour playing the album in its entirety. Man of War's 11th studio album, The Lord of Steel, was released worldwide with availability only being on iTunes and the band's online store. I can dig that. The band's next album, Kings of Metal 2014, but that's in Roman numerals, was released in February of 2014 and was a re-recording of their 1988 release of Kings of Metal. Man of War embarked on their next tour, the Gods and Kings World Tour 2016, which was followed up by the final battle tour and shortly afterwards recruited drummer Marcus Castellani for their remaining tour dates. In August of 2018, the band's guitarist, Carl Logan, was arrested under some serious criminal charges, and by January was replaced by E.V. Martell for their remaining touring dates. In May of 2019, Manowar released the first in a proposed trilogy of EPs entitled The Final Battle. Fans immediately swarmed the media with concerns over the name, but not to fear, Joey set them straight. The band continued their touring till they could not. With the pandemic proving that it's not over, who knows what will happen in the future. Nobody's above the pandemic. The current members of Man of War are Joey DeMaio on bass, Eric Adams on vocals, Anders Johansson on drums, he had started with the band in 2019, and E.V. Martell on guitars. The discography just started with their demo album in 1981, Man of War. Battle Hymns, their first studio album, came out in 82, Into the Glory Ride in 83, Hail to England 84, Sign of the Hammer 84, Fighting to the World 87, Kings of Metal 88, The Triumph of Steel in 92, Louder Than Hell in 96, Warriors of the World in 2002, Gods of War in 2007, Battle Hymns MMX1 2010, The Lords of Steel 2012, Kings of Metal MMXIV 2014. Manowar has been the inspiration for so many metal bands and they're not done yet. This is what I got for the bio. But hey now, the show's not over. Stay tuned for Rock Album. Rock Album. Hey there, and thank you for sticking around all the way to Rock Album, where we cover the rock album of the band we're covering. And on this episode of Rock Album, we are covering Fighting the World. Fighting the World was Man of War's fifth studio album, which was released in February of 1987. Seems so long ago. This was the album that had the track Defender. It featured a speech by Orson Welles, who had passed away a couple of years prior. The speech was taken from the recorded messages of their original demo. The album was rating a 3 out of 5 by AllMusic, stating that in comparison to their previous four album releases, this one almost seems like they sold out. Although Collector's Guide to Heavy Metal rated the album a 9 out of 10, with Martin Popoff calling the album a fine pageant of ageless lore. 
galore, a feast of godly strength, recalling the band's finest fistfuls of rage. The lineup that appeared on this album was Eric Adams for vocals, Ross the Boss on guitars, Joey DeMaio on bass, Scott Columbus on drums, and the track listing for Fighting the World is 1. Fighting the World, 2. Blow Your Speakers, 3. Carry On, 4. Violence and Bloodshed, 5. Defender, 6. Drums of Doom, 7. Holy War, 8. Master of Revenge, 9. Black Wind, Fire and Steel. So that's the rock album I've got covered, but if you want to contest it, bring it. The show's not over. Stay tuned for Rock Trivia. Rock, 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 rock. Trivia. Here, here, rock trivia. Hey there, and thank you for sticking around to tickle your brain on a little bit of rock trivia. And you know my rock trivia is always super hard, so make sure you tighten up on those thinking tukes, because here we go. In what country was Man of War formed? Oh, you got it. USA. Good job. Although formed in the U.S., the band was very popular overseas, mostly due to their Norse mythology style of music. If you got it right, you got it right. If you got it wrong, you got it wrong. It's a learning process. Everybody's a winner on this show. But don't go anywhere just yet. The show's not over. As a matter of fact, I think I hear Bobby. Bobby's World. Hey there, and thank you for sticking around all the way to the end of Bobby's World, where all your dreams are on an encrypted drive stored away in a locked warehouse under the depths of Area 51. And on this episode of Bobby's World, we will be covering Blow Your Speakers. Now, this album had some good tracks on it, and others that made you question their existence. Blow Up Your Speakers was kind of a catchy tune that I'm surprised didn't hit bigger than it did. Now, keep in mind that there are many awesome songs on this album that you're sure to enjoy. Fighting the World has a headbanging beat and insane vocals. Defender with Orson Welles' narration and Black Wind, Fire and Steel with its quick pace and fast action gives... Something expected from Man of War, but I enjoyed the anthem sounding grunge of Blow Up Your Speakers, giving it a sound that sounded somewhat like the larger hits of the glam rock era. But it's totally up to you. Let me know what you think. Hey there everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I just wanted to take this time to let you know that the Rock Guys podcast is going to be taking a little hiatus for the month of December. There's just too much going on to devote a lot of time to research. So we will pick up in the new year, which day exactly, I'm not 100% sure, but I will keep you updated. I will still be active on Instagram, just letting you guys know that I'm still around. I was hoping to reach number 50, but it's just too much right now. Anyway... You will hear from me soon.